Chapter Two of *The Hawk of Egypt* by Joan Conquest, read for LibriVox.org into the public domain. Chapter Two: Dog, Ounce, Bear, and Bull, Wolf, Lion, Horse, Dubartus. Damaris should not have been strolling by herself in the native quarter. If you are drab or flat of chest or soul or face, you can saunter your fill in any bazaar without adventure befalling you. If, however, nature should have endowed you with the colouring of a desert sunset, if, in short, you can add a splash of colour to anything so colourful as a native bazaar, then twere wise to do your sauntering under the wing of a vigilant chaperone, so that the curiosity and interest resultant on your splash may reach you obliquely and as through a glass darkly. But there was no one to worry the girl at this hour before sunset so that little by little and quite unconsciously she moved forward until she stood outside the doorway. She stood, outlined against a background of blazing colours, which served in no way to dim her beauty. Through the yellow-white arch of the doorway showed a stretch of turquoise-blue sky across which, upon a string, swung golden onions and scarlet peppercorns, whilst underneath ruminated a fine, superbly indifferent dromedary. For a moment Hugh Carden Ali, jogged by fate, looked straight across at the beautiful picture, staying his talk with Abdul, who, with the courtesy of the East, did not turn his head as he stroked the breast and head of the Shaheen on his fist. But Damaris, with envy rampant in her heart, had no eyes for mere man. She wanted to walk across and get near the coal-black stallion from Unyanza, a district famous for its breed of large, heavily built horses. He stood impatiently, with an occasional plunk of a hoof on the sandy stones, or nuzzled his master's sleeve, or pulled at it with his teeth, whilst two shaggy dogs of Billy lay stretched out awaiting the signal to be up and going, perhaps in a sprint across the desert after the Hassani or red rascal of a fox, which had been trapped and caged for the sole purpose of hunting. Ride out with the caged Hassani on a thoroughbred camel or a thoroughbred horse, take with you a couple of greyhounds, and a dog or so from Beely, get right off the tourist track, and let the red rascal out, and see if you don't have some fun before breakfast. Only get off the tourist track, else you will have all the bazaar camels and ponies loping along behind you. The only wild beast this afternoon for sale was a jaguar, black as ink, smooth as satin, short, heavy, with half-closed green eyes fixed steadfastly upon a plump white pigeon, foolishly strutting just out of reach of the steel-pointed claws. "'Take her upon thy fist, O master,' said Abdul of Shamar, as he lengthened the jesses, the short, narrow straps of leather, or woven silk, or cotton, with which to hold the hawk. See, she is well reclaimed, being tame and gentle and altogether amiable. When thrown, she is as a bullet from a rifle, binding her quarry in high air, even as a man holds his woman to his heart upon the rooftop under the stars. She is full-summed, and he ran his slender fingers through the new feathers, full and soft after moulting. She is keen as the winter wind. Behold the worn and blunted nails. She will not give up, my master, yet will she come to the lure as quickly, as joyfully, as a maid to her lover. Hugh Cardin Ali, the greatest authority after Abdul on the Shaheen, took the bird upon his fist, looked at the sunken, piercing eyes which were partially sealed, ran his hand over the narrow body, short tail, and black back, and a finger over the large beak and deep mouth, held up the ugly face to the light, 
examined the flight feathers, and, moving his hand quickly up and down, caused the bird to flutter its wings, and so give him a chance of measuring the distance of the wings from the body. Finding her altogether lovely, he nodded and handed her back to the delighted falconer of Shamar, just as with a decisive pat the jaguar landed, its huge paw upon the strutting pigeon, which had forgotten to keep its distance. For a moment the attention of the spectators, who were mostly squatting on their heels, was diverted from the master and the falconer. They laughed, they moved, whilst some in the back row stood up to see the fun, leaving for one second an open space through which Damaris could see the fluttering white bird. "'Ah!' she cried, heartbroken at the sight. Then, "'Fetch!' she commanded the dog, pointing across the square. Now the dog, who had dispensed with his spiked collar on account of the heat, had no more idea than the man in the moon what he had to fetch for his beloved mistress, but restless from prolonged inactivity and the smell of strange beasts, he hurled himself in the direction pointed, and his speed, once he got going, was just as surprising as that of the elephant or rhinoceros and other clumsy-looking animals, and in very truth his appearance was just as terrifying. He crashed head-foremost into the back row of spectators, which, as one man yelled and fled, tore along the path made clear for him, and sensing an enemy in the growling jaguar, was at its throat like a thrown spear, missing it by an inch as the black beast flung itself back to the full length of the steel chain which fastened it to an iron ring in the ground. Damaris, in her turn, rushed across the square, passing the astounded spectators, who salaamed as she ran. And as she ran, she shouted, "'Let the animal loose!' she cried. "'Give it a chance! Let it loose!' But Hugh Cardin Ali, not in the least understanding the sudden onslaught, but with every sporting instinct uppermost, had already leant down in the seething, growling mass of fur and hate, and loosened the chain, whilst with screams of fear and delight the crowd raced for the adjacent houses, from the upper windows of which they could hang in safety to watch the fight. Disgusting? Quite so. But have you ever heard of bullfighting or pigeon-shooting in civilized, humane Europe? There followed a frightful scene, during which Abdul, having picked up the pigeon, hastily flung his birds far behind the growling, spitting, raging couple, whilst the stallion, rearing in terror, nearly jerked his master, who had the bridle slipped over his arm, off his feet. The two dogs of Beely and the two greyhounds leapt and barked and snapped at the belligerents, until Wellington, taking an off-chance, suddenly turned and bit one of them clean through the shoulder, whereupon it yelped and howled and fled, whilst shouts of Masha Allah and much clapping came from the upper windows. Damaris ran straight towards the man, who, slipping the bridle, put both arms round her to draw her to safety. Then, suddenly realizing the beauty, the youth, and the pure whiteness of her, as suddenly let her go. "'Shall I separate them?' he asked simply. "'No, not even if you could. Once my dog's blood is up, nothing but death will satisfy him.' She stood quite still, as white as a sheet, with both hands on his arm, whilst the great dog hurled himself at the spitting brute, only to meet the teeth and claws which drew blood at every attempt, until the ground was crimson where they fought. And then, with tears streaming down her cheeks, Damaris looked up into the man's face, then buried her face on his shoulder. And the seed of love which is in the heart of every human burst through, the clogging mould of custom and convention, and taking root, put forth shoots, and sprang in one moment into the great tree of love, of which the fruits, being those of purity, honour, and sacrifice, are golden. Yet he did not touch her, having learned his lesson. 
Instead, he raised his right hand above his head. Allah, he said, in praise of that which had just come into him, Allah, there is no God but thee. Just as, with a sudden swish, a flock of startled pigeons flashing like jewels in the setting sun, knew low down across his head, bringing an end to the battle. For one half second the jaguar's green eyes shifted, and the dog was at its throat. There was a mighty, convulsive effort of the hind legs which ripped the bulldog's sides, a click, a shiver, and the black brute fell dead, as the dog, a mass of blood, foam, and pride, hurled himself into the skirt of his beloved mistress, whilst the enraptured spectators, yelling with excitement, rushed out into the square with shouts of Masha Allah, which means, Well done, well done. Keep quite still, said Hugh Cardinali, gently, as Damaris made an effort to turn. Then, speaking quickly to the beaming, salaaming spectators, who had had the time of their lives gambling on the chances of either animal, ordered them to remove the dead beast and to strew the place with sand. And Irja Sultan, he called to the stallion, which, terrified at the sounds and sight and smell of battle, had bolted up a side street, where he stood fretting and fidgeting himself into a fine sweat, until he heard the clear call which could always bring him back to the man he loved. He stood for one second, then flung up his heels to the devastation of a stall of earthenware, and raced back to the square at a most unseemly pace, causing the spectators once more to fly in all directions with cries of, Ua, Ua, which means, Look out, look out. He pushed his soft nose with determination against the woman who stood so close to his master, so that she looked up, and then smiled and stretched out her arms. You beauty! she cried. Oh, you beauty! You ride. Damaris, thinking of the hack, the only thing with the shape of a horse she had been able to get so far, and upon the back of which she loathed to be seen, made a grimace. "'I go out on horseback,' she said. "'I have not ridden since I left home.' The man's reply, whatever it might have been, was interrupted by Abdul, who all smiles stood before them, with the white pigeon in the left hand and the shaheen upon his right fist. The native had no intention of causing the white woman pain— in fact, wishing to find favour in the eyes of the nobles, he only wanted to give them a chance of witnessing a little of, to him, the finest sport in the world. "'Look, lady!' he cried. He tossed the pigeon high into the air, allowed her a little distance, then threw the hawk. "'No! Oh, no! Don't!' cried Damaris, as the hawk rose, stooped, and missed the pigeon by a hair's breadth, as it put in, which means that it flew straight into a small niche of a minaret for cover." "'Ah!' cried Damaris, and "'Bismallah!' ejected Abdul, as he threw the lure of a dead plover, and called his hawk with the luring eastern call. "'Coo, coo!' he called. "'Coo, coo!' to which the hawk responded as a well-trained shaheen should. Hugh Cardinali stood with his hand on the stallion's mane, looking up at the sky, in which shone a great star. "'The hawk of Egypt failed,' he said to himself. "'Flown at a white bird it failed.' The house of Allah, who is God, gave sanctuary to the little white bird. Praise be to Allah, who is God. He looked down at the girl, who was kneeling, consoling the dog, who, reft between pride and pain, showed a lamentable countenance. Suddenly she looked up and rose, and stood silently. Come, he said simply, while he longed to pick her up and ride with her to his home in the oasis. I will take you to your hotel." "'My car is waiting for me in the Siket el she replied. 
Later, a vision of loveliness, she walked down the dining-room behind the Duchess of Longacre, while continuous lamentations were wafted through the spring-doors from the spot where sat a dog with sticking-plaster across his nose, and middle girt with a cummerbund of pink boracic lint. Beside the girl's place lay a huge bunch of crimson roses tied with golden tassels. There was no card, name, nor message. She asked no question, neither did her godmother. To what purpose should they? The one knew, the other firmly believed in allowing the young to work out the salvation of their own souls, which did not, however, mean that she would not keep a sharp lookout in the future over the troubled sea of life. I knew something would happen, thought the wise old lady, as she passed a biscuit up to the parrot on her shoulder. Kathir Karak, it said delightedly. It merely means thank you, but had taken weeks of teaching and repeating to master. End of chapter two, read by Sibella Denton. For more information, please visit LibriVox.org.